With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As uh, we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours, appreciate you carving out some of your morning uh, to spend it with Trent and I. BMW of Des Moines guest list. It's light today. Uh, Bama Bob's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I assume we'll spend most of the first hour of the program talking college football. Uh, certainly take a long look at the as the curtain fell last night on a historical performance by Joe Burrow on LSU. We will get into that at 11 o'clock. Rob Doster, NBC Sports. College football season is over. Time to put our undivided attention. Well, the NFL takes some of it on uh, on college basketball, but Rob Doster covers it from a national perspective. Yes, we get that Iowa and Iowa State and the Missouri Valley Conference moved the needle in the wintertime, uh, but there's also uh, plenty of big games out there, and Rob Doster covers uh, college basketball uh, for NBC Sports. He will join us as he does weekly here uh, today at 11 o'clock. And then Zubin Mahente, uh, Trent and I will go around the world of sports with Zubin. I imagine we'll save that baseball story that broke yesterday after we got off the air to that segment as we seem to cover a whole lot of sports with Zubin and quite frankly um, I don't want to not talk about it because oh, it's yeah. a massive story mm-hmm. but it's just uh, you know trying to square whole round peg here uh, today how are you not too bad a uh, licking your wounds a little bit I know you yeah. bet Clemson at least I think that's what you were going to do when you left I did and it's funny because I was looking at our television program we do inside the numbers mm-hmm. on Mediacom each week and last week I picked LSU during that show. Did you? And uh, leading up until basically until Friday, I was all about LSU. Yeah. Just thought they were a whole lot better. But mm-hmm. then I started to talk myself into Clemson Likewise. and Dabo and everything else. And well, you saw what happened last night. Though sitting at seventeen seven, yeah. why was I feeling good? You were for a while, no doubt about it. Um, look, it's it's it was an unbelievable season out of a, a team that it's already getting called. I mean, tap the brakes a little bit, right? Do we mm-hmm. do we need it? It's, it was, the game's what. 10 hours old or whatever it is, and we're already going to anoint this LSU team. And that's a, look, they're fantastic. They finished 15-0 and 0 for crying out loud. Um, but do we have to put them right at the top? I don't know where they fit. The game has changed era to era. era. I'll, I'll tell you what was cool uh, last night was seeing the 11 greatest college football players of all time honored at halftime with all of them or representative from their family on the stage. I mean, talk about royalty of the game, right? Just incredible. Some of the names on that list um, as they were recognized at halftime. 150th season of college football as they, I guess, consider it 150 years. Now, I missed that at halftime. That was bedtime. Oh, you put it down, down, right? Yeah, yeah, so missed that part of it, and you're going to have to fill me in. I'm going to guess what? Herschel Walker, Barry Sanders. They were both there, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Reggie Bush? Nope. No? 
maybe a little bit uh, to do with his parents oh, getting a new yeah, house. Probably. I'm sure that. You know what? That's a great point. I wonder how that did factor in, right? Would he have been so recognized had he not had that? Got to figure that's the case. Yeah, he's a had I mean, look, he had a hell of a career. Yeah, um, no Jeez. That game against Fresno State, it was an, a Fox Sportsnet game. Was it? Late in the yeah, night. I remember yeah. that one incredibly well. One of my buddies had a uh, big ticket on Fresno on the money line. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your money mm-hmm. on this? Well, it's going to hit. And they're up, what, three touchdowns, something like that, in the second half before USC comes and forces it on. And it was, it was a lot of Reggie Bush. I mean, you yeah. talk about Leinert and Lendell White and the rest of that great team, but... Reggie Bush was just an incredible player. One of the more talented players I certainly remember in college football. Here's here's the top 11, and they were recognized in order, starting from the left of the stage. Roger Staubach was 11. Gail Sayers, 10. Barry Sanders, 9. Dick Butkus, 8. Earl Campbell, who was the only one of the 11 that was unable to get out of his chair. The game has taken a severe toll uh, on Earl Campbell. Red Grange, uh, I believe it was a... A great niece or some family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Thorpe, likewise. Actually, his granddaughter was there, which is crazy, right? Because Jim Thorpe yeah. played at the turn of the last century. Um, but they introduced her. I think they said his granddaughter, which, again... How old it, was she? Ish. My age? 60, yeah. probably? No. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Archie Griffin, two-time winner. Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker... And then Jim Brown. What does jump off the page, you take a look at the quarterbacks that have taken down the Heisman seemingly year after year for the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. Only one quarterback on the stage yesterday, Roger Staubach, the only QB to be so recognized. Whole bunch of running backs. Uh, one linebacker, eight, no, one linebacker, nine running backs, and one quarterback, uh, comprised the nine. But, but the game itself, Trent, was, look, I, I like Clemson as well. I just didn't think that Trevor Lawrence and company, with that incredible winning streak, I get that you know they they uh, they put up all of those stats and they were able to climb to the top of those uh, of those stats because of the fact that they played uh, in the ACC as opposed to playing in the SEC where other teams score. Um, that uh, the Clemson's record was a lot of it predicated on where they played. But what we saw last night was LSU just completely taking them apart um, in in so many aspects of the football game. They could not cover. Um, not cover, but Edwards Hilaire was untackleable. Is that a word? They couldn't get the kid on the ground. What did he's Darren Sproles? I'm telling you who he is. He's going to make a boatload of money at the next level. He's one of these running backs that the league falls in love with now. He's gonna he's gonna play a long time, I think, in the in the NFL. He is physical. He is thick. Maurice Jones Drew maybe better one, MJD yeah. because Sproles wasn't nearly as thick. True, and Sproles MJD was, was yeah. I mean, Sproles was actually like 5'6", mm-hmm. where MJD yeah. was like 5'9". Yeah, and then Edwards Hilaire probably 5'8", somewhere yeah. right around there. But boy, oh boy, can't get this dude on the ground. Jefferson, he was really yes. slow coming out of the gates, mm-hmm. as Burrow was. Mm-hmm. He turned it on. So much talent. Well, at the beginning, Brett Venable had his number. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was... Dialing up pressure. Absolutely. And and Burrow um, he came out after the game and said, I had no idea throughout the entire night where this blitz was coming from. Look, it was a... 
the game kind of got away at the end a it little did. bit. What did it finish? Was it 17? I think it was a 17-point margin at the end. So, look, the the books, I'm assuming, got crushed today. Oh, yeah. Just got time. crushed. The favorite won. The favorite covered. The the over. Uh, the game went. No, it depends it went where under. you went, right? Went under. It was, I think, uh, six, it was down to 67, 67 and a half, and it okay. hit 67. So maybe some pushes, but a lot of folks probably had the over, and, and they... So maybe the books kind of made out okay there, but man. Look, on the TV show we we're talking about, I bet LSU back in September. Yes, yeah. And I I thought Clemson was going to win the football game. I thought Clemson was going to win. Boy, was I wrong. Was I wrong. Uh, Etienne was okay, not great. Ross was okay. How about Randy Moss's kid, Thaddeus Moss, yeah. with a couple of big uh, touchdown catches in that football game? I look back at and because I didn't remember him as a recruit. Mm-hmm. You figure he would have been one of these big-time recruits. Yeah, what kind of, what kind of uh, offers did he have? He was a high three-star. Okay. Alabama did come in did late they? on him, but it was a, a late offer, and I think he was already committed to NC State at the time. Oh, the, so he committed and then flipped his commit. Is that right? No, no, he started at NC State. Oh, I didn't He's know a transfer. that. Yeah, I he, didn't know that. He came in from NC State. That's where he started his collegiate career. Did Marshall offer him? I'm, oh, I'm assuming, sure. Right? He, he got it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Got to be a big part of it. And Randy Moss wearing the uh, the purple and gold, yeah. different kind of purple and gold. You're used to seeing him back in the Vikings days, but that that was really cool seeing him up there and. Seeing Randy Moss's kid, certainly another one of those moments make you feel old when you see Randy Moss's kid catching touchdowns in the national championship game. Uh, There is some local college football news, and if you're on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen it by now, but uh, AJ Epinesa has made it official. Here's the thing. These guys that played in this game last night, they got two days, Trent, (laughs) to make this decision. Absolutely nuts. Because Friday is the deadline, so if they're going to, if they're going to put their name in, I mean, there's no getting out of it now. If Mm. you're putting, if you're, I would think, anyways, um, I mean, how long is the turnaround going to be for everybody that submits the paperwork to at least get a, uh, a feedback as to where they stand um, in, in this coming NFL draft? So it's, it's boom, it's here. I think a lot of them, though, probably have already had those wheels turning, right? I would hope. Because, I mean, you remember back to before the Iowa Bowl game and talk about Epinesa and Geno Stone and Tristan Wirfs, and they already had their feedback from the NFL okay. leading into the bowl game. So same same type of thing here. Just wait until after the game, I'm sure, is what Coach O is asking. And on the other side, what Dabo is asking. Just make your decision. You probably already have your decision. Make sure to wait till after the game before you actually say what it's going to be. How will you remember Epinesa? Oh, boy. That's maybe a difficult question. Mm -hmm. I I think he'll be another player that will be looked back upon even more fondly than he currently was. I still think he's learning how to play the position. There's no doubt. And the expectations this year were just so high. Mm -hmm. He was a part-time player his sophomore year, and he had double-digit sacks. Well, that means he's going to have 20 this year. Right. And throughout the summer, you and I said, you got to pump the brakes Mm -hmm. a little bit on that just because, yes, he's going to be playing more snaps, but he's also going to give him more attention on and on and on. But the way that he really came on at the end of the season, I think, puts... Well, his Holiday Bowl, too. I mean, yes. the latest, the, the the final memory we have of him is the one that, for whatever reason, sticks with you. But boy, oh boy, that Holiday Bowl, he was unblockable. He changed the game. No doubt. he uh, His final month was the best football we certainly ever mm-hmm. saw out of him and the level that he was playing at, not just getting to the quarterback, but also what was happening with him just as a, a guy that knew how to understand the position. Like you said, still learning... Where does he go? Where where does he go now? Is he a top 10 guy? Is he a top 20 guy? No, he's a top 20 guy. I would be shocked if he gets out of the top 20. Um, the, the mocks prior to the season starting, and even in September, had him 
in the top ten. In fact, you still see some out there now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Dane Brugler, Brugerman, Brugler, Brugler at the uh, at the Athletic. He has Worf six, Epinesa seven, or vice versa. Um, and Worfs has yet to make his decision. At least it, I, I haven't seen it on Twitter yet. It hasn't been announced. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that you know that Epinesa gets to enjoy his day, and then Worfs comes out tomorrow, and mm-hmm. um, you know, not to step on each other, but if they do, they do. And I, I don't think anybody is, you know, holding out hope that miraculously uh, Tristan Worfs is going to decide that you know the NFL can wait and he's going to come back for another year. We'll see. Uh, so AJ Epinesa moves on. And yet again, the Hawks lose um, a really good player with eligibility remaining. Four guys last a season. A top 15 Iowa program, by the way. Yes, finished 15th in the AP poll. Finished 15th overall in the AP. That came out, uh, no surprise, number one. Pretty easy. No, it's, uh, you, know, you would hope, right? <laughs> no, no split it, national Did anybody not vote for them number I, one? I would hope not, if it, that's Trent, the case. They were so dominant. Yes. They're so dominant. And the schedule that they played, the way that they yeah. played it, Mm-hmm. Think For back all... to that Texas game, week two. Yeah, Ooh. had guys laying on the field, slowing yeah. down that Texas offense a little right. bit. But they were the better football team. But even at that time, I just I felt with the SEC schedule, what they still had with Alabama and Auburn and the other mm-hmm. games that maybe they can get there with one loss. But this team's not running the table, not against this gauntlet. That's not going to happen. And here they are, fifteen and 60 touchdown passes for Joe Burrow. Sixty, unthinkable. Six zero. Yes. That's a guy that wasn't putting up the same numbers that Danny Etling was. Right. Previous to him until point. late last season. Yeah. Turned it on, played well. Isn't Etling on a roster somewhere in I NF- think he is. I think he is too, which surprised the hell out of me. That he that of all the guys to get a shot, he'd be one because I remember him in the Big Ten and then going down to the SEC and he's meh. You know. It's okay. Eh. I remember when Joe Burrow when he announced he was transferring, and it was the same kind of eh. Yeah. This guy's gonna be another one of those right. just kind of meh. He'll probably play at LSU, but it's not going to be great. No, he's not going to make any difference. He'll have 18 touchdowns, 12 uh-huh. interceptions, and LSU will go 10-2. and two. Right. That's what they'll be. Uh, did you see who um, decided he's entering his name into the transfer portal? Derek King from Houston. I did, yeah. Now, where does he go? I think there's two of the, two of the four playoff teams need a quarterback. I, that's certainly one of them, but LSU needs a quarterback. They do? Uh, it's good to have options, I would guess. Alabama... I mean, Matt Jones is he? And two of his little brothers there too. That's now, I don't true. know. I mean, Good I haven't there. seen him play, right? But and I don't um, think he was the same, quite the same level prospect, yeah, if I, I remember correctly. It. I would doubt it. I mean, the family rarely gets two. I mean, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning are, <laughs> you know, I mean, one of them's way better than the other. But uh, anyway, so speaking of that, yes. So Friday night, getting ready for the Iowa Maryland basketball game. And have the TV on the background. It's, well, between 5.30 and 6 when the game started. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice. I'm up in the kitchen getting dinner ready. And I, I know that voice. It sounds like Peyton Manning. In your house? Yeah. On the television. Okay, yeah. And then I, I look, and, you know, I'm, I don't know, 30 feet away. And it kind of looks like Peyton Manning. But it's not. And mm-hmm. I get closer, and, and I couldn't quite place it. And he's interviewing... Fran McCaffrey. And who was it? It was Cooper Manning. Cooper Manning apparently works for Fox Sports 1 or just Fox Sports. I had no idea. And he did an interview with Fran McCaffrey. Prior to the Maryland game. Prior to the Maryland game. and they were So was this like in the pregame, the 530? I didn't watch a minute of it. And it was one of the most odd, just... Really? I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny. He was Uh kind of flipping crap at Fran, but... And how did McCaffrey take it? 
not great. Fran's not Was exactly. it taped early in the day or was yeah, it just prior yeah. to the game? It was something, and I didn't know if it was something that they did at media days. And this was something mm-hmm. that was in the can and mm-hmm. they had it and he interviewed all the coaches beforehand. I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny. I don't know exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but you talk about odd. A brother of the football Manning family, Cooper, who had the injury, right? Interviewing college basketball and was the non quarterback. I took. I, I I was going to mention that when we came in on Monday, and I uh-huh. completely forgot about that until you brought up the Manning name. What a weird start to things. Uh, it is. Is it Fox Sports One for Iowa, Michigan on uh, on Friday? Friday? Yes, on Friday. Now Big that's an eight tonight. o'clock. Cl- that's game, an eight o'clock. So tip. there's probably yep. going to be something beforehand. Yep. But by the way, and I don't know who our winner is, but congratulations to whoever you are. Your four tickets are here. Oh, nice uh, to see Michigan. We got one more set of tickets left. Okay, uh, and it's uh, the Penn State game late February sometime. So we'll give those away. Good deal. You know, sometime in February. But yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, somebody's going to get four ducats to see Penn, uh, to see Michigan. But the Hawks have some work to do before that. Mm-hmm. And that's tonight. Trent, here's here's where I uh, come in on Northwestern. You're going to have to help me out on this. Uh, it's hard to watch Northwestern basketball, right? They're bad. I mean, tonight we'll watch. Mm-hmm. But of... Um, you know, when you're when you're flipping around, you're trying to find a college basketball game. You're probably not stopping on Northwestern, and, and that's certainly been the case with me. I think I've seen maybe a little bit of them. What they got a kid whose first name is Boo, 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 Boo. Is that his name? I don't know if that's how you it pronounce could be, his last name. Yeah. But it's 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 spelled the same way. That's the only kid that I know uh, on this team. Um, I, I I I don't know anything about him, but I do know where they sit in the standings. But I also know that this game is on the road, mm-hmm. and we've seen what Big Ten teams have done when they've gone out on the road. It has not gone well, not at all. I think only five teams have been able to pick up road victories so far during Big Ten conference play, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a conference that teams are four or five games into this. Right. You over fourteen teams. That's a lot of games. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take for this Iowa program to find themselves hearing their name on Selection Sunday? Is is it nine and nine, and where do they sit right now? Two and three right now, right? Well, remember twenty conference games. Oh yeah, twenty conference. Yeah, so, ten and uh, ten and ten. Ten and ten is. I think they would be safe. Yeah, that's ten and ten. Nine and eleven. Nine eleven probably because they did some they did some good things in in the non con this no year doubt. as opposed to private previous years. The true road victories against Syracuse and Iowa State uh-huh. don't look as good as many people thought they would have certainly at the time true. that it happened. But Syracuse is still going to be I yeah, think and okay. Iowa State's still the rivalry game, and yes. I think that'll be given some consideration. And it'll be an okay win. It's a mm-hmm. true road victory. It's going to be a quadrant one victory in both of those. Both teams are going to be I think in the top seventy five at the net by the end of the season, and with that they'll be there. You go through. You can't just beat up on the Northwesterns and Nebraska's of the world. Right. It's got to be another win. Now, you already got one in the hand against Maryland, who I still think is going to be pretty good. I do, too. If you can get a win against Michigan State, that would go certainly Ooh, a long, a long way. Michigan State just got clubbed. I know. I watched Purdue. it. I watched it. Absolutely clubbed. They were embarrassed now, on Channel 8. The problem is that they play them once, and it's in East Lansing. Oh, is that right? They don't get the return visit. Now, they finally got them in East Lansing a couple years ago after, well, the, the previous victory was the game after Chris Street's mm-hmm, passing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that emotional victory there. But they're able to do it. Get to 10. 10, you're good. And even at 9 and 11, we have this conversation seemingly every late February into March. you got to get 68 teams in. Yeah. And uh, here's another component also that you have to look at is the – Past conferences that a lot of times would have multiple bids. You now the eight ten a lot of times can have four, five, six teams. It's looking like more of a two bid league. Oh, MVC, is that right? MVC in the past, well, yeah, we know what it's become yeah, yeah. now anymore. Right. It's a one bid league, and you go through a lot of those mid major leagues. 
There really isn't a whole lot there. There aren't a whole lot of those mid-majors short of winning their conference tournament that are going to have a profile good enough. And that very well could lead to 10, 11 teams from the Big Ten Mm. getting in. I think that gives hope to a team like Iowa State that still can put together a resume Good enough to find themselves in there. This is going. Well, they to be got a year. big chance tomorrow night to take a, um, a yes. marquee win. That would help in a oh, big, big way. They got a big chance this weekend to take one. Texas Tech on Saturday. Take a look at the ACC. Okay, the ACC right now. This is not hyperbole. Probably should only have three or four teams in the NCAA tournament. Well, Duke, Louisville, and Florida State. Those are the easy ones. And and, and uh, North Carolina is really bad this year They're because awful. of the. I mean, the injuries have just depleted that team. Mm-hmm. Um. Who else? Some, I mean, Syracuse. We saw Syracuse. They, they don't have a... Syracuse is awful. Virginia, speaking of awful. Yes, Virginia got beat this past weekend. They got to... Who they, Who beat them this weekend? Syracuse. Syracuse, okay. After losing the week before to Boston College. Wow. This is not a very good Virginia team. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech's okay, but you go through this conference, there just isn't a whole lot, and not a whole lot of teams that have put together a resume, and that goes back to the original point. You have to get 68 teams in. 9-11 is probably going to be good enough for Iowa because of those nine victories, there's going to be enough good ones there. You're going to be seeing in Dayton this year, I have a feeling, a lot of 18-13, and 17-14 type of teams facing off for the right to be an 11 seed and get into the main bracket. Well, hopefully not too soon because I don't want it to get by go by us too quickly uh, with football over college basketball now. Rules the roost. The Hawks tonight, 7 o'clock, right? 7 o'clock Seven. tip. Yep. Uh, Big Ten Network has that one. What else is going on tonight in sports? Really nothing, right? So... It's back to college basketball. Back to college basketball, indeed. All right, let's give some money away or try, shall we? It's time to pay your bills with iHeart and KXNO.com. Uh, text the keyword SUPER for your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200-200 right now. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will take a look back at uh, last night's game, some season stuff as well as we take you up in until noon in the 11 o'clock hour, Rob Doster, NBCSports.com, College Basketball Talk, one of our weekly guests uh, from a national perspective, talking college hoops with Doster, and then Zuba Mahente, 1125, joins the program. We will go around the world of sports uh, with Zubin. Miller and Condon, till noon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. I hate this day now for a number of reasons. One of them is because college football, the curtain has come down on what is the most special time of the year to do what we do for a living anyways for my money. (laughs) Uh, Bama Bob joins the program as we uh, recap the national championship game, a game Bama that Really got away as LSU flexed their muscles. The right team, no doubt about it. The right two teams played. The right team prevailed. And what a historic season for Joe Burrow. How are you, Bama? I'm doing fine. And Kenny, I think it is appropriate that it is a rainy, gloomy day down here in Alabama today for a lot of reasons. As you said, the season's over and LSU is celebrating a national championship. <laughs> yeah, I guess that stings yeah, a little I mean, bit more. I, I agree with you on I agree with you on both counts. Right team right. Right two teams played, right team won. The season that Joe Burrow put together, yeah. I think, is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. I, I think Herb Street really kind of encapsulated it pretty well last night. It was it was really just a perfect storm of 
you know, Joe Burrow's maturation, uh, his development as a quarterback, you know, maturing as a person. And then you throw that in there with this combination of Joe Brady from the Saints mm-hmm. and Steve Emsminger calling plays and the talent that they have around them uh, at receiver. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at Oof. running back, who is just like a little bowling ball. He's Maurice Jones-Drew, I mean, Bama. That's who he is. He's MJD. Exactly yep. right. Great, great comparison. And, I mean, he just, you know, it, it was just kind of it all came together. And you, you start looking at it in perspective of who they beat, where they beat them in the regular season, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, and then they just just plow through Georgia, Oklahoma. And they had some rough moments last night. For a while, uh, against, yep. For a while against Clemson. And then, you know, again, I think it just goes to Burroughs' maturity and the, the coaching staff at at LSU, we talked yesterday, you know, who who had the advantage, and I thought it might be Clemson, and yeah. early it really looked like it, man. They threw everything at them, and they got up, but LSU made the adjustments, and Burrow said it last night. Uh, you know, listen, they, they, they came out, and they showed us some stuff we hadn't seen, as you would expect, and it took us a while to adjust, but once we adjusted, it, we knew what we were doing. So it, it really is just an all-around historic season you know not only the numbers but just the i don't know just the eye test the way it passes the eye test to me it just it really it, it really was shades of to it, to me 95 nebraska was the best team that i've seen um and it really i think it surpassed that and it's a different game now i understand right but, uh man it was it, it, it they just I don't know. They they finished it off and and they didn't panic when they got down ten and you know had this oh crap moment. Um, I thought the biggest play of the game was really that last drive in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a moxie to run that quarterback draw yes. out of timeouts. Right. Was it ten seconds or whatever yeah. it was? I mean, if he gets tackled in bounds, they don't score mm-hmm. anything. He goes out of bounds. He get at, he gets absolutely clocked on the touchdown. Pass and you just saw him. You know, the trainers get away from me. Yeah, you know I'm okay. He didn't want anything to do with that. You know, no attention, anything. Came out on the bike early. He was obviously hurt mm-hmm. or, or stung or whatever. I don't know what it was, but um, man, just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how really to describe it other than just really historic. I think is when we look back on this, we're going to go, man. Remember that that 2020 or 2019 LSU team? I mean, they just the way they just mowed through everybody. Coach O mentioned at halftime just uh, early in the game how much they were struggling, and a big part of that was them being back behind. They were pinned back in their own territory, and yep. it kind of got me thinking after the game concluded, and I was remembering uh, his conversation with Rinaldi coming off the field. If they weren't pinned deep early, if they would have got the football to start the football game, maybe even how much more different this could be, and LSU could have scored 56 <laughs> pretty easily. The historic na- nature of this offense and at LSU, of all places, right. where we've right. been waiting for seemingly forever for them to get a quarterback to go with those talented receivers and always got a stable of running backs back behind it and a big offensive line in front of them. They got the quarterback, but at this level, 60 touchdown passes at LSU. Never thought it would happen. Yeah, me neither. I mean, listen, you have to put the historical numbers a little, or the, the touchdowns in a little bit of perspective. I mean, they, they are playing 15 games now, whereas before yeah, maybe they point. played 12 or 13, 13 or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, still, that's four per game. That's mm-hmm. not bad. Right. Okay. Especially, 
when you put it into you look at what he did in the playoffs or in the postseason, right. if you will. You know the 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 SEC championship game, Oklahoma and and Clemson. I mean, so I this is where to me you got to give Orgeron a lot of credit because let's let's face it, the guy was a punchline at Ole Miss. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't get the USC job which he really wanted. Uh, when they when they fired Les Miles and they promoted him, um, and and then when they named him the permanent uh, the, the permanent coach, it it really looked like kind of a guy who was sort of begging for the job a little bit. Yeah, and, you know maybe they were doing him a favor because he maybe he comes on the cheap. I don't know what it was, but it, it, you give him credit for the way he made that whole Emsminger Brady thing work. And and listen, it, it's very similar. And I don't want to you know. Is LSU's day, but it's kind of similar to what, you know, Saban kind of with Tua. You know, he, he understood that you weren't just going to be able to ground and pound everybody and win a national championship. And he, they go out, they get these talented receivers, they get this great quarterback. And, you know, with Lane Kiffin calling the plays there for a few years, it, and, and, you know, and then now Sarkeesian, it, it was, it was historic in its own right. Um, and so you give Orgeron a lot of credit for just, because listen, He's a D-line guy, okay? That's basically where he made his money. He's a he's a he's a in the trenches running game, you know, special teams, field position. That's his that's in his DNA, but he recognized that wasn't going to get it done. And I, I just give him all the credit for, for making that whole Emsminger being the offensive coordinator, but Joe Brady being the passing game coordinator, Emsminger's calling the play. Mm-hmm. I mean and and these guys are probably what thirty years apart in age. And, yeah, and, for sure. And so yeah. making that work, I think, was was great. So now now the challenge for LSU is: can that is this going to be oh seven and less miles where they win a national championship? They're good for a couple of years and then they go away. Now I don't mean go away, but you know what I'm saying there. Uh, because listen, Burrow's gone. They're going to lose Delpit, who I think is a tremendous defensive back. Uh-huh. They're going to lose some guys on defense. Uh, you don't know about Emsminger's future. I mean, he's a lifer. Uh, is he going to just take this and go, okay, you know, I'm done? Uh, Brady, at some point, he's coming back, but at some point, he's going to be wooed by by somebody just for what he's Well, they, they, so, they opened up the checkbook, Bam, and, and, and they paid him, and they needed to. They did. Yeah. They needed to, yeah. But you're right. He's going to have options. He's got options going he's gonna for him. Ha- right. Yes, absolutely. And, and whether that, but listen, he's got a pro background. So now you're going to look at, you know, especially, and I'll tell you when he's really going to have options is if Joe Burrow just goes in and lights up the NFL. Because then it's going to be like, look what I did. Look what I did for this guy mm-hmm. coming between his junior and senior years. And now look what he's done going forward. So that's the old quarterback whisperer. He's going to have, he's going to have opportunities in the NFL again. But, um, listen, this, this is all that's to come later. You really, you really give LSU all the credit for just, Capping off, it is hard to go fifteen and zero, particularly when you go look at that gauntlet that they went through. Well, the final uh, the three SEC. that you mentioned, Bama, beating Georgia yeah. and then picking off the Big Twelve champ in Oklahoma in the fashion they did it, and then oh by the way, stopping in an unbelievably long winning streak with you know a generational quarterback under center or you right. know, in the shotgun and Trevor Lawrence. It's unreal. Yeah, absolutely. And then I go back to the regular season again. You know, at Alabama. Beat Auburn with that great defensive front. They beat Florida, who's what finished in the top five, six. I don't know where Florida mm-hmm. finished, but uh, I mean, it, it just—I don't know. I think I saw where they beat seven top ten teams. Jeez. You know, in the that's that's a lot. When you're talking about a 15 game schedule and almost half your opponents were in the top ten or finished in the top ten, I mean, that's 
you know, you, you, you stretch that out to a, to a college basketball season where you play 35, 36 games and, you know, 18 of them are going to be top 10 opponents and you go undefeated and win it. That's, it's really incredible what they've done. Yeah, no doubt about it. Go ahead, Trent. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence really struggled for long stretches of the game. This is something that we just haven't seen from Trevor Lawrence. Accuracy was all over the place. He was missing guys low, missing them high. He just uh, struggled. He, a lot of that has to do certainly with LSU and the pressure that they were bringing, but this was not a vintage Trevor Lawrence game. What do you think the main reason for that was? I think it's the best team he's played. I mean, no offense to Ohio State, um, but I mean those those defensive backs for for LSU are legit. I mean, they really are, and they were picking on Fulton all night, and he he actually stood up. But you know, Stingley on one side, a true freshman. Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, how good is he going to be? Delpit, I mentioned him already. I mean, the linebackers getting pressure on him. I just think it was. I just think LSU had this was by far the best team, probably that Trevor Lawrence has faced in his career, and that's going back to the Alabama game last year. I mean, in the championship game. This LSU defense, I think, is much better than Alabama's was last year. So this is probably the best team he's ever faced in college. And I just think that, you know, Higgins going out didn't help him. They could never get Etienne in the game. We talked about it yesterday. Somebody somebody other than, you know, Higgins, Ross, Etienne needed to step up mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. Galloway and tried. They didn't do it. Gall- the tight end tried. tried. Yeah. Yeah, they did they didn't have their Hunter Renfro last night. Right. He he looked you know, listen, Lawrence looked a little bit I don't know, jittery. I don't know what it was, but he he wasn't really hanging in, in the pocket. I mean those hits after a while I don't and we I think we also have to understand the the kid's what, just turned twenty or maybe he's still nineteen. I don't know, he's a true sophomore, mm-hmm. so there is a difference. There's a, a, a about a three year gap between Lawrence and Burrow age wise and we saw how much Burrow matured between last year and this. So, I mean, you give Trevor Lawrence two or three years, and I think he's going to be – I listen, he's going to be a, a, the, the top pick probably next year when he For comes sure. out. He has all the skills. He has all the tools. He has the smarts. He's going to get bigger physically. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen size-wise and the way he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I just think that last night it was the best team he's ever faced in his career, and – even though they did start out well, uh, LSU just kept coming and kept coming, and and nobody really helped him out. That's another thing. I mean, I just, you know, he was yes, he was overthrowing receivers. He was short arguing. He was he was throwing short, throwing high. He was inaccurate, as inaccurate as we've seen him in the past. But I also think that really nobody really stepped up to help him out last night, and you give LSU the credit for that. What do you guys? What did you guys think of the uh, of the penalty? I think it was on Higgins, and I think it was Galloway who had that long uh, completion down the seam, and Higgins came back and cracked back block. Yes, they called it a. What? Yeah. What was he supposed to do? I mean, whoever. That's what the, I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that call, Ken. I, listen, I. I understand. It was. It was almost like the targeting penalty that got the linebacker. Yeah, down. that was awful. Okay. Yeah. It was, listen, I understand the rule, and, and they explain the rule. Uh-huh. The rule is... Skalaski, right? Skalaski. You, lo- you lower your helmet, and you lead with the crown. It's basically the old spearing rule, mm-hmm. okay? You lead with the crown of your helmet. It doesn't matter where you make contact. It could. You don't have to... It doesn't have to be helmet to helmet. Right. It doesn't have to be defenseless. It doesn't have to be head and shoulder. I mean, he, he could have got called on that hit 
you know, right at the end of the first half that, that hurt Burrow because it was the same thing. You saw him coming in, and Manny put his head down. It's poor technique, and they're really trying to protect the tackler more than anything. But I didn't – I don't really like that call. But I, the, the crackback, I really don't like. I mean, that I don't know what you're supposed to do there. The kid was going to make a tackle. Him. Right. You can't block him in the back. Right, no. You didn't. Yeah. you didn't hit him in the head or helmet. He was you in front of him. With your crown. It was shoulder to shoulder. Yep. It was just – I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm all for player safety, and I. Me too. I get the whole, you know, the blindside slobber knocker, as John Madden would say. You know, fine. If we're going to take that out of the game, we're going to take it out of the game. I'm not a big fan of that either. But this one, man, when you, I don't know what you're supposed to do there, other than just like you said, let the guy make the tackle. And I guess in hindsight, he should have just let him make the tackle because it cost <laughs> him 15 yards. And I just didn't. I didn't like it. I don't like that rule. Um, and I certainly didn't like that interpretation uh, and that call of that rule because I don't know what the kid is supposed to do in that instance. He couldn't do – it was as clean of a – it was a hard hit, but it was as clean as you're going to see, and you get flagged for it, and I, I just – I don't like it. 29 straight victories ends for Clemson in defeat. I think, thought Dabo Sweeney was – incredibly gracious, Mm -hmm. literally tipped his ball cap to LSU. He said all the right things, did all the right things in the game. I don't know if there's any buttons he could have pushed. It was just LSU's a lot better football team, as simple as that. But Dabo, I I was impressed with him even after the first loss in a long time. Well, listen, people people down here are, are not surprised by that. I mean, you know, he was at one time thought to be the successor to Nick Saban. I don't think that's going to happen. Nor do I. He went to Alabama, he played for Bear Bryant. Um, you know, he talked about, I, I thought you, you, all you needed to know when, because he, he was asked a question, you know, before the game, hey, if you win this one, or, or do you consider yourself a dynasty? Because it would have been three out of four. And he goes, look, when I think dynasty, I think Bear Bryant. Okay, so, I mean, that, he, he, there's a lot of phony, you know, odd, you know, Bobby Bowden had a little bit of that, and all the gums and the all shuckses and all that kind of stuff, and I, but then you, you kind of looked at the program he ran, and it really didn't match up with, with that because there was a lot of stuff going on in that program. I think Dabo's legit. I think he's genuine. I think he means it when he said he was really – he obviously felt bad for his kids, okay? But I think when he says he was happy for Ed Orgeron, he meant it. I don't think it's just lip service, okay? And you saw him at the end after that last fumble that, that – um Lawrence had, you know, which really right. pretty much ended the game it did. if it wasn't over already. Yep. You know, he goes over to the sideline and, you know, Lawrence is kind of, you know, just kind of looking up into space and he just kind of grabs him and hugs him and, you know, says, listen, we'll have better days. I don't know what he said, but, you know, it was basically, look, you know, you're our guy, you're our leader, we'll have better days. You gave it all you have. And, and I, I thought that the way he thanked his senior class, I mean, you know, guys that we haven't heard of, he starts rattling off names that, you know, that aren't just, are superstars and but you know he 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 just he's just genuine i mean i I don't think it's phony with him and and i just you would expect class and and you certainly got it and and, you know listen man he's gonna he's gonna be around there as long as he wants to be he's not an old man i don't even think he's 50 yet um i mean he can coach another 10 15 years and who knows how many he's gonna rack up because that he can just recruit talent that is a talent rich area in that state, you know, between South Carolina and Georgia, there are enough to stock that team. And he goes out and gets him a quarterback every two, three years. And I mean, they play in the ACC. So eventually, 
somebody else will be good in that conference, you think, at some point. But, man, he's he's got it rolling. And, and right now that, that program's probably as, as well set going forward as any in the country. No doubt about it. Bama, listen, brother, it's been a fun season uh, talking to you twice a week. We will uh... – Obviously, scale back significantly now, but um, we'll find some things to talk about. Trent, what do you got? 219 days no. until we get started with week zero, <laughs> Navy against Notre Dame over, over in Dublin. And that that's set? That is set. Also, we'll get a little UCLA, New Mexico State. I'm in. How about UNLV Cal? <laughs> Count me. Well, UNLV plays the clone, so we'll get a good, ch- we'll there get a you good go. scout on that one. <laughs> and, of course, Arizona-Hawaii. How about that? That's, all, that's week zero. It's that's already... week zero. And, and what's the date? Because I think week one is, is well into September this year. Yeah, this is August 29th, and we'll that's see late. after the success of last year, the Miami-Florida game, mm-hmm. if this spring we're going to hear, you know, we need to get a marquee game here for ESPN. Oh, so that's that still potentially night. on the table. I think it's still got to be God. out there. You saw the TV numbers for they that first huge. one. huge. I mean, think about the three of us, how giddy yes. we were when we had that football yeah, I mean, game. And there's, there's nothing else. I mean, the NFL's still in preseason, so nobody right. cares about them. So, I mean, I think it's great. Hey, Trent, what are, what are the odds on that Notre Dame-Navy game? Are they out yet? Uh, ten and a half. line on that? Ten, over, ten and a half. Yeah. Notre okay, Dame. Got you. Uh, Bama, all thank right. you, brother. Great. To, thank you for, uh, again, uh, all you do for us during college football season. We'll talk in the weeks uh, to come. Uh, come and um, gosh darn it, it's over. We'll find yeah. an excuse, Kenny. And listen, man, I enjoy it as much as y'all do, if not, I mean, more, I think. It's just I appreciate you having me on every year. And you don't have to, but I appreciate it. And um I mean, I enjoy it talking with both of you guys, and you know, let's two hundred nineteen days, but let's. Uh, I think we'll talk before then. You got it. Thanks, brother. Good to talk to you. Take care, guys. Thank you, Bama Bob. Follow him on Twitter at Bama Bob. Look, the the the. I guess the theory behind this is. And Trent disagrees, and, and a lot of days I do too, but there's more to college football than I when I was state. We do maybe one or two segments mm-hmm. nationally, like we're about to do with Rob Doster and college basketball. And Bama's been my guy for a long time, and I love talking to him. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, he brings, and he watches too. I mean, if, yes. he, if he wasn't prepared, it would, yeah, it wouldn't be here. He gets a different kind of perspective too, and it's yeah. fun to get that Southern perspective Absolutely. because. We look at things differently here with the Big Ten and the Big 12. We'll come back. We've got some Heisman odds already. Oh. And there is a Cyclone, not a Hawk, but there is a clone listed at 33-1 to 1 amongst the fa- Look, it's Trevor Lawrence's to win, right, or lose at this point. Couple of losses. How he's many seven, times? He's 7-2. to two. Doesn't that seem like a good price? Every single year, that's the Heisman favorite, though. And how often do we see the Heisman I know. favorite win? I think Very that's, rarely. That's, that's true. But, boy, doesn't it seem like this streak is going to? Yeah, they go 10-2. and two. They don't get into the playoff. Yeah. And here comes, well, nobody had Joe Burrow. Well, we got there's a couple of interesting names on there, including one in the Big 12. I think shocked everybody, the Canadian Cowboy, Chubba Hubbard, coming back to yes. Oklahoma State. Uh, college football's leading rusher, running back. You know running back's career. He's, coming, he's going back to school, which wasn't good news. We're on nine outposts in the Big 12, but certainly in Stillwater was welcome news. We'll come back, wrap it up uh, the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Today. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
Uh, with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. As we mentioned, going to break, Trevor Lawrence is a uh, significant favorite to win next year's Heisman. Brock Purdy is listed at 33 to 1. 33 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. Yep. So, what would it take for Brock Purdy to win? The Heisman Trophy. Well, clearly he's got to get his team to the Big 12 championship game. At minimum. I saw that Brett McMurphy came out yesterday and had them in his preseason. He had them 10th overall. Yes. I, I don't get it at this point, but um, you know we've got lots of uh, opportunities clearly between now and August to get more familiar with what lies ahead, who's left. I think I have a pretty good grasp of who's leaving and some of the places that they're going to have to fill. But um, look, Brock Purdy, when when he's on, he is a terrific quarterback. Um, but thirty three to one, I know I'm saving my money. <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know why you bet anybody, but and I get it. That the favorite never wins, or seldom never wins, and I hate hate betting favorites in anything. Right? Uh, Keaton, Keaton Slovis, the USC quarterback, is uh, is nine to one. He's going to be a sophomore. The Canadian Cowboy Hubbard ten to one. Uh, Ellinger's coming back. He's 10 to 1. So look at the Big 12 is going to be as difficult as it always is. What would it take for Brock Purdy to get there? Win the Big 12. Win the Big 12. Have a huge season statistically. And you're going to do that with Mm -hmm. four out of five new offensive line starters. Right. You lose Petway. Mm -hmm. You lose Jones. Jones, yep. So you're looking at new receiver pieces. Tight Brees headed. Hall will be back. Yeah, Brees Hall is back, and they've, they've got some guys in that receiver room. Mm-hmm. There's some depth there for the first time in a long time, but the middle of the defensive line is gone. And Spears had a terrific career at Iowa State, and he is gone. Um, they've got some guys there. They've, Iowa State finally has some depth behind them, but top 10 preseason? What am I missing? This team's never won 10 games in their history. And it's going to happen next year. Apparently in order for that so. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Oh, by the way, they go to Iowa, to Oklahoma State, to TCU, to Texas. That's the road slate. Mm-hmm. Also, Kansas in there. And and, and um, yeah, Oklahoma's got a new quarterback. And yeah. uh, Rattler's his name. Maybe it's King. Who knows? Because he's on the free agent market. A lot of things to shake out. But when I saw that Brett McMurphy got them top 10 over. Look, on one hand, give him a lot of credit. You know, he's, he's he's going outside the box, trying to find a team that, you know, it's probably easy to do. You put the, you know, the teams that are here year after year after year. Um, but I don't know. Well, we shall see. All right, we're going to switch gears entirely in the 11 o'clock hour. Going to start things off with college basketball. Rob Doster is going to be here. We'll go around college basketball from a national perspective with Doster. Look forward to doing that as we will each and every week. And then Zuba Mahente in his slot. We go around the world of sports. Got to find time for that baseball story. It's, I mean, they dropped, Major League Baseball dropped the proverbial hammer yesterday. Did they do enough? What more could they do? I mean, seriously, they're not going to take the trophy. Or I hand it to the Dodgers. That's yeah, ridiculous. Uh, 11 o'clock hour next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO.